Pistons, your daily Detroit Pistons podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Pistons podcast. This is your episode for Thursday, November 2nd. This is Matt Shook, your host, and Justin Verlander and Cameron Mabin are World Series champions for the Houston Astros last year. That would have been a great thing for Tigers fans, but now we'll have to piggyback on the Astros' success as bandwagon fans rooting for those guys, so congratulations to them. And as far as the Detroit Pistons, the podcast topic that we talk about here every day, they are 5-3 and three and headed back home from the West Coast now for a five-game homestand playing Friday night at home against the Milwaukee Bucks and then Saturday for a back-to-back against the Sacramento Kings before games at Little Caesars Arena next week against Indiana, Atlanta, and Miami. I'm excited about today's podcast. We're going to have our very first guest as me, with me at the, as the host. The guest will be James Edwards III, who is the new beat writer for the Pistons on The Athletic, a new website that you should be getting familiar with. But first, I want to give a big congratulations to listener Paul for winning the first Lockdown Pistons draft on Wednesday night. He pocketed the prize money on the draft app which can also be found at Draft.com, and he bested the rest of us. Looks like he wrote a strong night from Boogie Cousins to win the title. I got seventh place, by the way. I had Carl Anthony Towns as my first pick, and he got dominated by Cousins, which hurt my team. But you should join us next week by signing up for the app using promo code LOPISTONS, all capital letters there, and that will give you, using that promo code will give you entry into your first contest. When you sign up, Find me and follow me at Matt Shook. That's all one word for this screen name purposes, Matt, S-C-H-O-C-H. So I know so I can add you to the Lockdown Pistons drafts that we're going to have every Wednesday for the next few weeks. You can also sign up for the National Lockdown Network games to play other NBA fans from around the country. You'll automatically be following the Lockdown Network, and you can find those games in the draft lobby as well. It's a great app, the best daily fantasy app that I've ever used. So join us for Draft Wednesday next week. If you have any questions about this or how to get signed up and get started, shoot me a message on Twitter at Matt underscore Shook underscore or at Matt underscore Shook, S-C-H-O-C-H at Yahoo.com. But without further ado, here is my interview with James Edwards III of The Athletic as he headed home from the West Coast. And now we are joined by James Edwards, third Pistons beat writer for The Athletic. And James, I know the Pistons fans are starting to get to know you and your employer, so I'm going to start with you. What's kind of your background and how did you get into the website? Uh, First of all, Matt, thanks for having me on. Big fan of what you guys are doing. Um, And just my background, I came from Lansing, Michigan. Um, I went to Michigan State. I'm originally from Flint, but went to Michigan State. Stayed out in Lansing to work at the Lansing State Journal for a couple years after graduating. Um, the athletic opportunity presented itself, and Craig Custance, my boss, who is the uh, well-known national hockey writer and covers the Red Wings for us, was looking for, uh, from what I was told, a young guy with some uh, some some knowledge in, in basketball, and he asked around, and my name kept coming up, so he reached out. I was a big fan of his work and, and the athletic already prior to uh, Detroit really even getting the getting started, um, and I just thought it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up, and. Yeah, so here we are, about a month and a half, almost two months since I've signed on the dotted line, and uh, it, it, it's been a lot of fun. I've really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, and certainly an impressive um, group of writers that you guys have at The Athletic. Now, James, I got to admit to you that when I saw that you got hired and I was starting to become familiar with your work and background and covering the Pistons, the first thing that popped in my mind was James Edwards III. Is there any relation to Buddha Edwards? There is not. I actually, back in Lansing, the nickname, the nickname started Baby Buddha uh, just because obviously the, the similar name and uh, the uh, – same vicinity, I guess. I, I believe he's still around here. I've seen him at a couple of Pistons games so far. But, yeah, no relation. Um, I'm hoping to meet him, though. Maybe I can uh, snag a little child support, trick him into that. I don't know. We'll see. But, no, I've never met him and uh, no relation at all yet. Well, we'll see someday maybe if you have the same turnaround jumper that he does, too. <laughs> I'm working on it. It used to be a lot better. Now it's, my legs aren't as – I need to stretch a lot more. Um, and I and I kind of don't want to come to grips with that. But it used to be – It gets worse, James. Bad. The – the soreness and the stretching gets worse as time goes on. Take it from me. Now, James, can you? Uh, I'm familiar with the athletic website, but obviously it's new, and especially in Detroit, it's very new. Can you give us kind of the elevator pitch for listeners of what the athletic is and why people should uh, be subscribing when they aren't used to paying for content like that? Yeah, no, and I and I, I one thing I always tell people is there's a, a lot of opportunities and a lot of places for you guys to get your work. Um, and like you said, some of it's free and then we're charging what is three ninety nine a month. Um, and some of the stuff that we're doing is it, we're trying to diversify our content in the sense that we have different types of writers and, and journalists that bring different things. Um, for example, if you're familiar with Craig Custins, he's the guy that was kind of the, um, for lack of a better comparison, he was like the Ed Werder of NHL at ESPN um, or the, um, the what's the what am I, I'm blanking right Adam Schefter, um, if you will, um, so he's a guy that's well sourced. Um, he knows so many coaches, so many GMs, so many players across the NA, across the NHL that um, he's a guy that that really is able to kind of rely on that and and make that his bread and butter. So when you come to the Athletic with him, you're going to get stuff that he's probably going to break a lot of stuff first. He's going to have some insight on stuff that other people aren't going to have. Then you have Katie String, who's kind of in the same vein. She's a a dog journalist. Um, she covers the Tigers for us. Um, she has a background too, where she covered hockey and um, uh, baseball for ESPN and just has great sources and is a great writer. And I know you said elevator pitch, so I'll try to speed it up. I'm sorry. Um, it's a long, it's a, it's a Quinn, big building. So that's no problem. Okay. Uh, Brendan Quinn. Um, that's another guy that's well known in, in college basketball circles. Um, and myself, I'm just really trying to find my niche. Um, like you said, I, I'm new. Um, not many. When they hired me, probably people didn't know who I am, and I expected that. Um, uh, as did it. they, they expected that. So I'm still trying to find my niche. Obviously, I've only the season's only been what two weeks now, and we've only been in training camp for a month. So I'm building these relationships. I'm getting to the point where I'm getting comfortable with coaches and players, and I'm just trying to bring diverse content as well, whether it be cool feature stories. Um, I have one coming tomorrow on Ish Smith and kind of the, the lost art of the mid-range jump shot. Um, I've done stuff on Langston Galloway and his return to New York. We do film breakdowns. Just try to do different stuff. I know you, you, when you get stuff from the paper, it's it's really good stuff. It's source stuff. Uh, but some of that stuff is um, it's coming straight from Van Gundy's mouth and straight to the your computers and your newspapers, which is great. And Rod and Vince and uh, Keith Langlos from Pistons. That time they do an amazing job. But one thing I'm trying to do um, to diversify myself from them is do stuff like film breakdowns um, and provide just go a little deeper because people that come to our site are probably basketball junkies or basketball 
for lack of a better term, basketball nerds, um, and, and just want to go a little bit deeper. So that's where I'm at. I'm trying to to find my niche and continue to grow um, into this beat. And I think we have finally hit the hundredth floor of this big building because that was the longest elevator pitch of all time. Okay. Well, I appreciate it, James. And like I said, you're doing a great job so far. And for what it's worth, I am rooting for the athletic as well. I was a subscriber actually before the Detroit content opened up. And like you said about Craig, I was a reader of his back in the sporting news days. I was probably one of the last people to subscribe to the print edition of the sporting good the sporting news because he was doing such a good job before he moved over to ESPN.com. And he's a great guy to be in charge as kind of the Detroit editor of the athletic, but kind of moving on to the Pistons here. Obviously, you're, you're early on to the season. They're 5-3 and three right now. A lot of buzz after the, the, the Clippers and Golden State wins over the weekend. What do you think is the, the one main reason for this nice start that the Pistons have had so far? Um, I think there's a couple, but to, to pinpoint one, I really think it's the maturity of this team. And for years, kind of the downfall has been that this has been a young team, um, a team with really no leader, a team that's kind of has some egos, whether it's they have a reason to have egos or not because they what they've accomplished in the NBA. I think they've really bought in to what Stan Van Gundy's preaching. You see Pistons teams of the past, especially the past five or six years, when they were down big like they've been a lot this year, they were out of games. It was very rare that they would come back. Um, and that's one thing they've really hung their hat on is the ability to come back and fight. They never feel like they're out of games. Guys like Andre Drummond are really kind of starting to exercise what they're good at. He's a guy that in years past he used to struggle with his shot selection as much as last year. And then this year you see him not really taking those seven- to nine-foot turnaround hook shots that really have no chance. You see Stanley Johnson playing within his means. He's really only shooting shots when he's open, and he's going to play defense. He knows that's his primary role. When you add a guy like Avery Bradley, you add maturity, and you add a guy that just brings professionalism. And on all counts, talking to the players and the coaches, just having that guy around has really upped everybody else's professionalism. So you just see a, you see a kind of an overnight maturity from this team because last time we saw them, this was not a mature team. And then as soon as the regular season starts, they show a little bit of a little bit of growth there. And I think that's been really key. Um, and then another thing, just a little tidbit, I think I think they're a pretty deep team. Um, Ish Smith has been great off the bench. Langston Galloway shooting lights out. Um, John Luer has struggled. Um, but he's a guy you can throw in there, and Anthony Tolliver has been a defensive stopper for these past couple of weeks. So they're deep as well. And you mentioned that depth. I kind of want to build off that a little bit. You're probably finding out from Pistons Twitter so far that kind of like the Tigers bullpen, maybe the Red Wings goaltender of the past, and the Lions quarterback in the pre-Stafford area and the pre-Stafford era. It sounds like how Van Gundy is using his rotations and the minutes dispersal that he has is kind of the hot button issue. Why are they playing this guy instead of this guy? Why is this guy inactive and this guy not inactive? Why aren't they playing this guy together with this guy? If you were to advise Stan Van Gundy and he said, James, you got to give me one piece of advice for what I should be doing differently with the rotation so far this season, what might that be? a really good question. Um, well, hey, I appreciate preface, that. No, yeah. You do a well, do a good job. I, <laughs> that, I think, I think um, one thing that needs to be addressed is that I still don't know if he knows what he has in certain guys on that bench. And Henry Ellenson's a guy that deserved an opportunity to get a shot. Um, and then he played well in the, was it the Hornets game, the first game of the year, and then he doesn't play for a while. And then he comes back and he plays well against uh, Minnesota. Um, but then over this, this three-game stint, he, he didn't play too much. He didn't play well when he did play. But he's a young guy. 
Um, Anthony Tolliver is an, an older veteran who's kind of earned some of that. When he plays in meaningful minutes, he's kind of earned that role as the go-to guy off the bench in that position. So as of now, I and I, I think Stan's been going with Henry initially um, since he's kind of settled in more on this rotation, aside from the Golden State game, because he said the moment was probably just a little too big for Henry to put him in that. I think Tolliver needs to be one of the first guys off the bench, and I also think he might need to be considered to be backup center. Um, John Lure, I'm not saying there's no value and no use in John Lure, but I, I know you've watched the games. He just has not played well at, at, since his transition to center. Most of his minutes this, this year have been at backup center, and he's not shooting well. You could tell there's, no, there's really no confidence there. He's not rebounding well. Julius Randle took him to school the other night. Um, they need to figure that out because that front court was supposed to be kind of their strength coming into the year um, behind Drummond, and I'm not sure that that's the case now. That that's been a um, that's been a, an area that might need to be addressed, whether it be inserting Tolliver in, instead of Lure at center and playing him and Allenson together, or maybe making a trade because I I just don't think that group has really performed to what the expectations were coming in. Yeah, and I agree. And I wanted to give, wanted to give you a plug the your your story. You had the fifteen things from the road trip. You mentioned a lot of those things, and you also talked about kind of how Boban just is kind of tough to play, especially with his limitations defensively. Yeah, and I know that the Pistons' Twitter's darling is Boban, and I understand it. And man, that is one of the nicest guys uh, that I've that I've met. He, he comes up and just shakes our hand and just talks to us, and he's a really nice guy. Um, but with that aside. Big guy. He's low on his feet. He just really cannot guard very many players in this league. Um, and offensively, obviously, he's a specialist because he can post up. Not many people can block his shots. And if he can get deep position, he can turn around and put in some hook shots. As you saw in the preseason when they played the Pacers, um, he shot what was I think it was like uh, four. He shot. He missed like six or seven or seven or eight. Missed like one shot. Um, mm-hmm. But def- I think if Van Gundy is going to use him. And we've talked about this, the beat writers, over the past couple of days. It needs to be in a four or five-minute span, really quick, and they should probably go to him every single time. If you're going to use Boban and get value for what they pay for him, you're gonna want, you should probably maximize his abilities, which is turn, give him the ball in the post and let him score. And while he's not athletic and he struggles moving, the benefit of being able to put him in there for maybe four or five minutes is you're slowing down the game momentarily while guys get get rest. But then you also have a good shot because he is an efficient player and he's shown to be that. You have a good shot of getting some points as well. But I, I, I just don't see how Sam Van Gundy can play him. Um, and, and that kind of goes to my decision, like you said, the 15 thoughts. I think Luke Kennard shouldn't be inactive because he actually has some value that you could use on a nightly basis and maybe guys aren't hitting shots. Yeah, I think you made a great point there with Luke Kennard saying that, you know, if guys are cold, maybe here's a guy who can pretty much be warm or at least kind of warm most nights as he's maybe the most talented uh, potential shooter on the team. I know Langston Galloway's kind of been the guy filling it up so far, but maybe Kennard has the potential, especially later in the season, of kind of being that guy. But James, so I know it's tough to make predictions and they can be thrown in our faces down the season as things go on, but if you had to kind of for you know forecast where this team is headed are we talking about a solid playoff team are we talking about watching the last week of the season to grab that eight spot or are we talking about maybe trying to get into that home court top four in the eastern conference where do you kind of see this going 
Yeah, no, like you said, it is a little early, but you can see some things that make you think that this is a playoff team, and I don't think it's a team that's going to just squeeze in. I think Philly is one of those teams that have kind of impressed me that you could say, okay, they, they could squeeze in. I think even though Detroit lost to them, I think Detroit has shown some things that you really just believe that they have turned the corner as a franchise. Um, I think they're aiming for the sixth seed. Um, at the best-case scenario, they get the fifth seed. I think if they squeeze in on that last week with the AC, I think that's kind of a disappointment. I think there's too much talent um, on this roster to just be squeezing into the playoffs. Um, but I, I think they're right there. They have a good shot. I think this weekend, sorry, this five-game homestand they have coming up is going to be telling. They play five teams, and Milwaukee's the best one. Every every other team, I think, is I think Indiana's one game over 500, and the rest are under 500 um, significantly. So we're going to find out if they're real because they lost to Philly. Um, that's, and they lost to the Lakers. Those are two teams that, if they really turned the corner, that they should, probably should have pulled out um, and, and won those games. But now they have an opportunity to really, here with with a couple home games coming up, to, to solidify themselves and maybe be 9-4 and four or 10-3 and three or whatever it comes out to after the end of this five-game uh, homestand. Well, James, great insight. As always, we're, we're starting to get familiar with your work and we've been enjoying it so far and we really appreciate you taking the time as you come home from the west coast road trip if you want to tell the fans now if you could how to find you on twitter where to find the podcast how often you guys are doing that and everything else that uh, fans might want to know yeah on twitter i'm jl edwards i i i as in the third um yeah go to the athletic.com and subscribe if you haven't already it's 4.99 a month um my my spiel is just one less Corona. Um, that's my drink of choice. So if you go out on the weekends, <laughs> well, that's, get a lot, one that's a lot Sunday. to ask. That's a lot. It is a lot to ask. It is a lot to ask. But if you go out every weekend, you can spare one less one. Maybe you have to get up early the next day, and you're like, I don't need that one. But, yeah, go to theathletic.com and check us out. Um, the podcast, The Pistons Beat, I do it with my friend, um, my co-host, Jordan Mears. We do that weekly. We're actually going to record tomorrow and kind of talk about some of the highlights from the West Coast trip. Um, yeah, we, so we drop that weekly. Um, I try to drop content weekly on the athletic Detroit. So Matt, I really appreciate you having me on, man. Like I said, a big fan and, uh, I, re- I really enjoy following you on Twitter and it's glad to kind of talk with you and, and put a voice to the face. Absolutely, man. And, and again, thanks for taking the time. Keep up the good work and James Edwards saving our livers and helping our hangovers while he giving us piston insight. Can't ask for anything more. Thanks again, man. <laughs> appreciate you, man. Thank you. And that was our interview with James Edwards III of The Athletic. And it was our first interview here for me at the Lockdown Pistons podcast studio. So I want to apologize for some of that wind sound. That was actually my heavy breathing as I was using the headset for the first time as I had to listen to the caller and also talk on the microphone. So I was getting used to using the headset so that that creepy sounding breathing, that would be me. And I apologize for that. But that's going to do it for our show. Again, the Pistons will be home at Little Caesars Arena this weekend for Friday night games against the Milwaukee Bucks and then the Sacramento Kings on Saturday before three more at home next weekend or next week against Indiana, Atlanta, and Miami. So it'll be interesting to see how those crowds come out in downtown Detroit as well. Again, I want to thank James, James Edwards III. What a great guest. Very gracious with his time as well. Look forward to speaking him a couple, a few more times throughout the season as the Pistons roll on into 2018 coming up very soon. So that'll do it for the Thursday podcast. I want to thank you for joining us once again, and we'll talk to you soon. Have a good one.